couple of quick plugs before we start today's show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at Narbos Podcast. If you want to email us, our email address is narbosandbroomheads at gmail.com. Hit us up with your comments on future episodes of Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. And if you want to be on a future episode, let us know as well and we'll try to set something up. You can also uh, follow our show on all of the podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, Spotify. So please give us a follow and subscribe on any of those sites, and uh, you will be able to get us pushed to you every single week. The theme music for this show is brought to you by a band called Ew, You're a Girl and Girls Suck. They are a punk band from here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and their Bandcamp page is iagags.bandcamp.com. That's E-Y-A-G-A-G-S dot bandcamp.com. They used to watch Degrassi episodes when they took breaks from recording back in the 90s. Uh, anyways, that's about it for the plugs. Let's get to this week's episode. This is so depressing. You've got to make them change their minds. They never change their minds. And you've got to sulk. When I really want something, I sulk for hours. It always works. Or cry. I always cry. I can't do that. You can't let them ruin your life. Yeah, what are they scared of anyway? Date rape? <laughs> Talking about my baby, it don't matter if you're black or white. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Woo. Great. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Michael Jackson isn't controversial or anything. No, <laughs> it's great. Fine. Yeah, uh, it's Hero. especially when we're talking about kids. So, yep. <laughs> Snarbos and Broomheads, and we are covering episode 14 of season three we are really really in the home stretch now i'm going to say this every episode until we're at the very end and uh we are talking about black and white uh the first episode regarding um Ma- uh, michelle and blt's relationship and so we're very excited to talk about this because it will be a thread throughout the next season of degrassi as well and joining you for this episode is me i am one of your pals in the Degrassi world of podcasting fun. Yeah. Slip with five eyes or slip on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, I'm Arlo. You can follow me on Instagram at A R L O E S C O T T. And I am Ted. You can follow me at say, wah three, what three W H A three on Instagram. Promotion. And uh, we have another special guest with us this week. One of the first people to reach out to us at uh, narbosandbroomheads at gmail.com to uh, give us some life and breathe some energy into this show. And glad that you have been a loyal listener and follower up till this point in time. And now contributor on this episode. It's uh, Bethany Brazell from Austin, Texas. I think you're, are you a first American? I, I think I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what an applause, applause. Yay. Yay. Is that Brazzle? It's Brazzle. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Alan. I even asked you how to how to pronounce it. 
That's true, he did. You know what? But then you guys started talking about wrestling and everything went to shit. Yeah, we talked about Killer Bees. Anyways, welcome everybody to the Killer Bees podcast. I'm Jumpin' Jim Brodzell. I'm B. Brian Blair, the jabroni. The jabroni, that's right. Welcome. So we're going to switch masks. So is it Ted or is it Alan? Nobody knows. I'd say Bethany or Arlo doesn't get that reference, but uh, I get, get that reference. These, I get none of this. Okay, good, good. Let's continue on. All right, okay, no, Bethany, I have I have two important questions to kick us off. Sure. Uh, number one is, how did you discover the uh, the show Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High? And my second one is, how did you find this podcast? <laughs> So, um, I discovered, uh, the show, I discovered Degrassi Junior High, I think it was in, it was in the early 90s, um, they actually used to rerun it on Showtime in the States, um, which is an interesting choice. Can't you swear and, like, show nudity on Showtime? You can't, it was always during the day, it was like this and then Ready or Not and a couple of other things, um, yeah, so, uh. That's how I discovered it. I was probably about, it was probably around 91, 92. So I was 10 or 11 years old. And the first episode that I saw was It's Late. And I was just amazed um, by how how much it, it went into these issues that you wouldn't see on American TV and how real it was. I mean, the shows that I was watching at that time were probably like Saved by the Bell and 90210. And you just didn't have that sense of realism or that raw look at some of these issues. So the fact that there was a 14-year-old that had sex and got pregnant was just just amazing to me. And I was hooked from there and on out. Um, Did you know I- that 90210... Uh, the, initially, they were trying to pull the Degrassi franchise into the Fox network, and when they couldn't get it, they decided to make 90210. I did. I heard that Aaron Spelling um, tried to uh, buy the rights for it, right? Yeah. And they absolutely not, because they wanted to keep it can- in uh, Canada. Good for them. Um, I love that. Aaron Spelling is like, okay, we'll make Degrassi, but like, we'll make everyone rich and incredibly good-looking. <laughs> yeah. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> Well, I mean, everybody in the Degrassi universe is rich. <laughs> we- I mean, <laughs> in a way, in Canadian terms, yes. yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, when uh, um, The Next Generation came out, I was like, okay, I knew that the first couple of episodes were going to be a reunion episode, and we were going to see some of the old characters, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch these two episodes because I'm too old to get sucked into this like junior high drama and of course, I got sucked into the junior high drama and just never stopped. And I, it's like I've been watching ever since junior high, and I've watched everything up until next class. Um, even though I'm far too old to be um, watching next class, but it's uh, I, I just I really love the series. I feel like it's so different than other shows out there. And I don't know if that's the difference between American television and Canadian television, because I actually just started re- watching uh, ready or not as well. Um, Cause all of the episodes are on YouTube and I was like, wow, this was a lot like they went into a lot more issues than I remembered from a, as, as a kid. So I, I can assure you by the way, that not all Canadian television shows are cool. <laughs> there, there are lots of them that are, 
But Wait. like people, people um, fondly remember a show about a dog that used to wander from town to town, and he would steal things mm-hmm. from people and get them to follow him in so that he could rescue people from bad situations. It's Do you know this show? <laughs> No idea what that is. I'm not, oh, he, I, I'm not making he, this up either. <laughs> Go ahead. He was a dog who solved mysteries. And also, <laughs> we had a Dr. Roberts who worked in the Vancouver Aquarium. And you know what? He also solved mysteries. <laughs> and that was called Danger Bay. And it was great. Why does so, all the mysteries on Canadian TV? You, oh, you need to catch up on this. I'm sure all this is online. I would, well, I would love to. Alan, when you said we had a show about a dog, and for some reason my mind immediately went to who is actually the uncle of the family named Digby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. And mm-hmm. I was just like, mm-hmm. like, I had this memory of flooding back, and then of course he went on and didn't say that, but I was like, yeah, that, that wasn't very cool Canadian television. Was it? No. <laughs> that one was called that was called Doghouse. Digby's in oh, the Doghouse. Oh my God! <laughs> this is this is reaching back. Sorry. So no. I think I think I'm gonna stroke out here. Like oh don't, my God! Don't don't it's seek that one out, back. Bethany. I feel like I have so many things to to watch now. <laughs> okay, so the first one was the Littlest Hobo, and he was just a dog who went around like solving mysteries and stuff. And there was Danger it was Bay. Like, it was like Lassie almost. Like oh, it was kind of oh. like that. My he God. had a little more a little more agency than Lassie did. But. That dog would have ripped Lassie's head off, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that dog actually wielded a, a, a rifle at one point. <laughs> yes, he GIF did. Online. Look up if you look up uh, listeners and Bethany. If you look up Littlest Hobo Rifle GIF, <laughs> you will see him running through the woods with a rifle. I mean, if so, anything, uh, that should have taken off in the states. Sorry. Can I? Can I? Can I tell a really oh. quick li- Littlest Hobo story? Yes. Yes. Please. Um, when my husband first moved here, um, he brought his dog, and his dog is sort of like this, uh, sort of this husky type breed. And he doesn't actually look like the littlest Hobo, but I think people have like a warped memory of what kind of dog the littlest Hobo was. <laughs> and so, like, he'd sometimes like tie up um, the dog Chinooki, um outside of like a bar when we went in to like have a drink or something like that in the summer or like he'd be on a patio or something and people kept on referring to him as the littlest hobo and they'd be like oh yeah littlest hobo out there you know that kind of thing and like one day my husband turned to me and they were like why do they keep calling my dog a little ass hobo (laughs) (laughs) jive talking (laughs) and uh, and i was like no no it's the little the littlest because he's american of course he didn't know and uh so now we just call the dog little ass hobo for a nickname so (laughs) That's freaking amazing. But when he wants you to follow him, <laughs> does he steal your? Uh, <laughs> does he steal a dildo and have you follow oh, him no. down the street to where? Oh he, no! <laughs> to where Maybe he, tomorrow. I'll <laughs> say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see him on the screen. Oh my god! That's so <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. There's TV, uh, TV talk. Um, so also like what, what were you doing on the internet when you clearly accidentally stumbled upon this podcast? (laughs) I think I found it. I feel like that you tweeted at, uh, Stefan, uh, uh, the guy that plays snake. Oh yeah. Something. And you had mentioned the podcast. I feel like you had tweeted at one of the cast members and mentioned the podcast. and I follow all of the original cast members. So I was like, Hey, I'm in quarantine. I don't have, you know, I have plenty of time to get caught up on these. And then 
it's a little embarrassing to admit, but as soon as I heard the accents, I'm like, oh God, they're actually Canadian. This is going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually a podcast I listen to. There's a next gen podcast. That's really good. It's a couple of girls from New York, um, that are like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, whatever it takes. Hey, you like those Degrassi kids or what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Give me, give me that gabagoo. What's that like? I don't know. Um, just defend everyone from New York. Yeah, guys, and it's fine. I, uh, I, a friend of mine, uh, her and her daughter were watching the pot or the uh, show, and mm-hmm. her daughter was initially into the podcast until she realized we weren't members of the cast, and then. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, they were an on Degrassi. Boring. That is unfollow. So, yeah, hilarious. But there is something like about the fact that because Degrassi wasn't a big part of American culture. Like I feel like it's a very select group of us that watched it. And I, and again, I don't know if it was like that in Canada, but I just assume that everyone in Canada grew up watching it in, Um, in our demographic. Yes. Yeah. I would say, yes, that's fair. Like, and I think it just, and too, I grew up Canadian, Uh, (laughs) but, but I think, Ours was not as, let's say, chaste is the word, maybe. Like, it wasn't as, like, okay, everything, like, like, fucking Saved by the Bell was the kids, uh, Zach and them, singing their order at the, at the, at the, the max, at, at what's the max? Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. And, like, we'll have to rise and order, and they're like, <laughs> oh, I'm 14, I'm pregnant, shit. I, so, right. yeah. You had, like, you know, Jesse Sano getting hooked on caffeine pills for two days and like and she's so excited. She's so excited but so scared. And uh-huh. you have that, but then you have Shane doing LSD and falling off a bridge. Like it's just it's it's I, I gotta do a shout out by the way, my other podcast, Mezzanine Sleepover. We reviewed that episode with Jesse. The episode that we uh we called it Hot yes. Sunday. So if you uh, follow Mezzanine Sleepover, I just reposted it. So uh we also we also reviewed the first episode of Fuller House and uh hated uh, it. So <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert. Did you know that they're rebooting Saved by the Bell? I, I heard. Good Lord. I'm so excited. It the, looks terrible. I'm going to watch it all. The new, new class? I can, well, it's like, yeah, it's um, from what I read, Zach is now the governor of California, and he's facing criticism for closing down low-income schools, so they move kids from the low-income schools to Bayside. It looks awful. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Are you, you're making this up, right? Yeah. Like. That is what I've read. I don't think it was an onion um. article. Um, <laughs> and then Screech comes in and he's like, Dirty Sanchez's for all. I, yeah, I do see him on there. I suspect and also 10 bucks for that picture you took of me. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. Anyways, I he's feel a, like there's just more to come comedian. of this. Like, all, like Fuller House. I think they had success with like Girl Meets World. Like I'm sure like it's just going to go on and on. Absolutely. Yeah, in so many reboots, it's just crazy. Although I will say, I watched all of the Babysitters Club reboot, and that was amazing. I'm actually really excited about that one. Oh. I haven't looked into it yet. Good. <laughs> I haven't been able to like start new things since March. Like I just need familiar familiarity. So I think that's why mm-hmm. I grasped onto Degrassi and Ready or Not, and even. 15 they just released all of 15 on prime which again terrible show but i'm gonna watch every bit of it <laughs> well we're we're, oh! we're very glad that we were able to take advantage of your deep psychological needs <laughs> at the start oh. of covid to uh to have you as a listener 
Honestly, I have to say, like, seriously, not to get mushy, but um, this, like, having something to look forward to every week and being able to just kind of, you know, I haven't been sleeping really well because there's all this anxiety surrounding COVID, especially here in Texas. And so that's what I've been doing the nights I can't sleep. That's when I've been listening to the podcast. And it's just nice to be able to, like, you know just disconnect for you know an hour and a half or listen to absolute buffoonery yeah listen to the <laughs> stupidest people in canada uh-huh. Love it. it really has been helpful it's been like the bright spot in Aww. all of the shit that's been going that good. So thank you for that well shall we talk about this episode yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> no way. All right. Uh, so Black and White originally aired. Let me just grab my notes, I, a.k.a. the Wikipedia page. Uh, it aired on February 20th, 1989, episode 14, written by Yan Moore, directed by dun, 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 John Bertram. <laughs> Johnny B. <laughs> He's, he likes Tom. the he likes the white in the black and white, just uh, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> and he doesn't mean race; means powder, a sweet, yeah. sweet powder, yeah. allegedly. <laughs> uh, so we start things off. Uh, actually, I'm going to make one comment before we get in, into this episode. So mm-hmm. this episode, of course, is uh, dealing with racism, and uh, it centers around Michelle and BLT's relationship, which. Uh, takes a uh, takes a big step forward in this episode, and uh, and of course the fact that BLT is black and uh, her parent Michelle's parents, particularly her father, don't approve. Spoiler alert! Uh, mm. Is uh, kind of a big arc throughout uh, Degrassi over the course of the next season. Uh, I went to the Degrassi uh, convention, the big one that was here in Toronto in uh, June of 2019. Maureen McKay was one of the many cast members who were there. And in one of the panels, um, she said, and everybody else confirmed, of all the issues that they dealt with on Degrassi that generated uh, reaction, mail, uh, fan mail, and hate mail, uh, this Mm. was by far the number one thing. Wow. She said that uh, when she was given the storyline, she was not impressed. She was like, this is played out. Like, it's boring. Like, why can't I get something more interesting as a storyline? And it was by far, like, in terms of reactions, including hate mail, number one mm-hmm. by a long shot. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see if we get the biggest reaction with our show. for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll write oh, it in again 20 years later, 30 years later and go... Yeah, well, I had a big reaction to the original episode, but I had an even bigger reaction to the Narbos and Brumez. <laughs> <laughs> so BLT and Michelle are leaving class at Borden High. They're talking about science because they're leaving science class. And uh, we get the sense that BLT understands what's happening, but Michelle is confused. Mm-hmm. But then BLT wants to pivot and ask Michelle a different question. And uh, he's about to ask it when a Borden student bumps into him. That would be Dink. Fuck. Who? Dink? Dave. Dave. Oh. Dave. Yeah, Dink. Dink. <laughs> <laughs> kind uh, of, but it is no. Dave. Uh, Dave says, they each actually tell each other, kind of watch where you're going. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then the student uses the N word and he yeah. uses the word and yeah. uh, be and then he's hard R. And I remember watching this as like I very clearly remember watching this episode and being shocked that they actually used the word. Because again, that's not something that you would see. It's not something you would see on American TV. Unfortunately, I grew up in Kentucky, so it was a word that I heard a lot. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, but I was just so shocked. And every time I watch it, I feel like I get that same visceral reaction when he says it. It's it's just horrifying. Like you can't believe they didn't just gloss over it in some way. Like they went there. Yeah, it's vicious. Yeah, uh, it's two- like it's a vicious like. Oh, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Two two people on the Degrassi fandom uh, comment section um, were like shocked. They were like, "I can't believe that they were allowed to use the word." And then they wrote the word yeah. in full on the. <laughs> and then they're like, "I can't believe I just wrote the word." <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, BLT, um, you know, takes a second, and you can see the wheels turning in his head. And mm-hmm. then he throws his books down, and he charges the guy, and they fight. And BLT. Let's just say he won that fight. I, I mean, well, Dave, Dave's friend gets involved too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we have the Borden teacher who's talking to Glenn, the drug dealer. Incidentally, <laughs> <laughs> that is a good catch. I didn't notice that. <laughs> uh, he takes him to the vice principal, uh, and Michelle picks up BLT's books for him, and uh, we get the opening of the show. Happy theme music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle, well. uh, then we get Michelle walking to school and Alexa comes up and says hello and asks if BLT asked her to the graduation dance yet. And mm-hmm. Michelle says that they're just friends. And Alexa says, oh, yeah, that's why he joined the yearbook committee. Uh, so mm-hmm. I guess Michelle's on the yearbook committee and BLT has joined presumably to be with Michelle. Also yeah. note that it's clearly fall. Also, Alexa. <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of a graduation dance, it doesn't really yeah. jive, which you'd think that the graduation uh-huh. would be somewhere near the summer, and it's clearly, clearly fall. <laughs> and also, Alexa just stepped out of the pages of a Parisian comic book because she is like, uh huh, she has the the puffy uh, what cashmere sweater and the beret, hey. and yeah, she's she's ready to rock. <laughs> she's ready to rock in her fall fashion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Alexa says BLT is definitely going to ask Michelle and Michelle confirms that she hopes that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she also has doubts that he'll ask because he's popular and athletic. Uh, both true. <laughs> Fact. Uh, they speculate about what happened to him after the fight. And Michelle says that it wasn't fair since the other guy is the one who made the racist comment. Also fact. True. And then we go to Barty and Scooter. Who are loving life. Like They are the light in this doomed universe in this episode. They are loving it. Like They actually have legit non-acting smiles on their face the whole time. And I loved it. I just want to know who trusted these two kids to do this. I was like, what kind of yearbook photo? Like, this is not a thing. Yeah. Like, in terms of yearbook photos, they put your school picture in the yearbook. They don't take extra photos of you like that. Why are they taking them in the main foyer where there's teams of children walking around? That that was one of my comments, that that was a very problematic placement of... The main foyer, specifically? Like, Harlow and Bethany, 
Look at the smiles on these guys' faces. <laughs> I would, sh- I would so- give them my PIN number to my bank account. They are loving it. They're like, of course, trust us. Like they're the happiest dudes so in this happy. universe. They're so good. They're like, of course, I would trust these dudes. One hundred percent. These are like the two. What are they? Eleven? Like the two eleven-year-olds? Yeah, it don't matter. Well, Bart, Bart is fifty. It. We've already established that <laughs> he is a fifty-year-old <laughs> man, so he knows how to yes. use his camera. If well, anything, he's like, it. "Whoa, this camera is like from the future." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's LD is the first one who's getting her photo taken. She poses with her stalker trophy, and she says she feels stupid. She Poor probably LD. does. Poor LD is so awkward. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean. I think the most awkward thing, and I, from having played soccer myself, there's a soccer season. We know that that season is long gone because they won the title way earlier in the season. So now she has to dig out that sweaty, like, smelly uniform <laughs> and put it on for one day of school. I'd feel dumb, too. Um, Spike is telling Liz that the girl whose name I've dropped, but it's somewhere out there. Arlo, did you catch the name? Serena. What's Serena. Her? Serena, who is taking care of Emma is leaving for vancouver she was mentioned in like a previous episode where she's like mm-hmm. a waitress or something like that oh yes so she, she watches her kid at night and then she watches spike's kid during the day yeah they do trades they like trade tradesies yeah so mm-hmm. she uh she's leaving for vancouver so if spike cannot find somebody to help with emma she will have to drop out of school uh, and her solution to this is interesting. We'll uh, talk about it I shortly. Know. Like, I don't know how that solves the problem, but uh, Wheels and Snake are talking, and BLT and and Wheels all is all into school in these scenes that he's in. He's studying. He's he's cracked the books open. He's working with Snake. Like again, Wheels' life getting better, and it just goes uphill from here, right, everyone? Yep, I, mean, I think so. I guess I just like, you know, we've seen him take like tutoring every single day after school to like yeah. pull up his grades so that he could pass grade eight. And now here we are in grade nine. He's lost his parents, so clearly needs additional supports. And he has Snake to help him. Like, yeah, his I math he doesn't understand when he's already missed half a year. Like there are no, no educational supports here for him whatsoever. Oh, he's on his way up. I stopped watching after this episode, by the way. Like, <laughs> I just, so I just assume it was all stars and Everything. greatness. There's a few more good episodes, I think. A few good things happened to the guy. It's not all horrible, but it will be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, BLT, it's not all horrible, but it is. BLT greets them. He says he got a warning, and next time he'll be suspended. And he says he doesn't care. He'll pound the guy to the ground the next time he sees him. And uh, Snake, of course, Jesus Christ, <laughs> always oh, has. The, you, who wants to, uh, Bethany? <sighs> do you have Snake's solution to what he should do? Yeah, he should just forget about it. Why can't you just forget about it? Fucking Snake. Snake, Snake is the least empathetic person. I did yes. not realize how terrible he was until this most recent rewatch. Like he doesn't understand racism, apparently. No. <laughs> like, what's uh, the big deal? Yeah, it's just ignore it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Lucky for Dave, this is Dave's last appearance. We don't see him again, so he will not be getting pounded into the ground, apparently. <laughs> uh, BLT says, of course, it's easy for you to say and and says what he was called and, again, makes a good point. Um, we then have uh, Tim and Michelle, who are looking over collage photos. This is, like, at least the second time where we've had a collage going on at uh, Degrassi. 
Yeah, it brings back really bad memories about Colby. Yeah. He taught them out how to all how to make collages. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, at least he taught us about collages. Like, oh, we, got, we pulled one he, good thing out of as him. As he pressed his erection into our back. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> Oh, I gotta go to sleep tonight. <laughs> I go. Uh, what did I do tonight? Uh, podcast. Um, so erection. Uh, uh, saying, no. Bethany, you mentioned be like bad. listening to this podcast when you're trying to sleep, and now I'm just thinking of us being like, "Hello, Lucy." Hello. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is that I tend to listen to it with my headphones on in the bedroom where my fiance is trying to sleep and he has actually kicked me out because I was like, the bed was shaking because I was trying to suppress the laugh. <laughs> or you were like, Ugh, uh. yeah, yeah. So I've started, uh, I've started listening to it out. In the living room, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Michelle says that her and BLT will finish the collage at her house that night. And then BLT oh. asks Michelle to the graduation dance. And she says, yes. Oh. And it's really cute. I know. Really cool. I just this little like the thing between them. Like I just I bought it. I like I know that feeling yeah. of like finally being asked out by your crush, and like they just like connected. And I like yeah. I I bought it, and it I, was adorable. I love their storyline and their trajectory until Degrassi High, which really <laughs> for yes, for now. Yeah, for now. So I'm gonna, I'll, 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 uh, I'll just ruin this one now. No shirt, no blouse on uh, the Degrassipedia page said, Michelle's parents are so racist, but she ignores them and goes with BLT. Then he cheats on her anyway. <laughs> so, oh, no, what the fuck? <laughs> That's so many times wrong. It's oh. like, and I don't know which way that goes. It's like, oh, it's bad in all directions. What the fuck? Uh, so Garcia comes in and he tells the class that they're going to have a test the next day. And then as he's speaking, Michelle gestures to Alexa that she was asked to the dance. And Alexa is very excited. And I'm sure Arlo was, too. Of course I was. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I also was just not to be that. excited about it. Look at those muscles. I, I touched them a lot when we dated. and He ignored me. <laughs> the, yes, yes, square. <laughs> oh, <what>? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> love that everybody else is freaking out about the test but Michelle and BLT don't care because they're so in love it was just Aww. such a cute scene uh, Melanie and Kathleen are now posing for their photo and Melanie is how, an angle that doesn't show my braces um, <laughs> Kathleen wants to hurry things up of course and Melanie actually makes her do a second pose <laughs> uh, LD asks Spike or sorry, is uh no lit or is it L- no it is LD. LD asks Spike if she can put Emma in daycare, but Spike can't afford it, and so Liz asks if Spike can get a part time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, you know what's the line by? Uh, I think it's in the Metric song where it's like yeah, I you know, thought the exact same thing. All right, say the Buy line. A car, drive to work. Dr- drive to work. Uh, yeah. Buy a car to drive to work drive to work to pay for this car yeah 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 <laughs> nice so get a job to pay for child care for when you're at your job yeah also i don't know how much uh child care was in the 80s in toronto but in the united states it is quite expensive and i just don't see a part-time job as a bus person um <laughs> really meeting those needs i don't i don't think they realize how much daycare costs i guess 
I, I guess the thought is that her her mom has a day job and cannot work at night for whatever reason. <laughs> so that she, she needs childcare for Emma during the day specifically. And then maybe her mom can watch it at night so she can get a job at night. Mm-hmm. Then she can make enough money to pay for childcare during the day and then never see her child ever. I'm let's, not sure. Let's not forget that her mom is a hairstylist. Couldn't she, like, I don't know, maybe she doesn't own the store. Um, and so she has to work daytime hours during the weekdays. But couldn't you do that in the evening? Like, if you had to. And again, I don't want to lecture people in a profession that I don't understand. But <laughs> No, go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> Can't you do overnight hairstyling? Come on now. Find a way. Yeah. Suck it up. Bootstraps. <laughs> do it at 3 o'clock. <laughs> in the morning. Uh, anyway, Spike's solution is very poor. Uh, but uh, Liz saw a sign at Frank's, which is a burger joint, looking for a bus boy. And then we get the equality speech where it's like, person. I'm a bus person. That's <laughs> feminism. Yeah. Uh, Snake asks BLT if he wants to play basketball after school. BLT says that he can't because he's helping Michelle with the yearbook. And Wheels and Snake both smile and tease him. So is this when they're when they're in the cafeteria? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and there's you there potato chips all over the textbook. Do you know how <laughs> greasy that shit is? Like that's a the, the textbook is ruined now, guys. And they're just picking them off the textbook. That's both dirty and destructive, <laughs> and I'll stand by it. And uh, so that's not the worst use of potato chips in this uh, lunch at the cafeteria. <laughs> as we, okay. As we go I'm over, I'm listening. T- I'm listening. Uh, Alexa is also with Michelle at the uh, and Lucy and LD as they're eating together in the cafeteria. She tells Michelle that it's so fabulous they're going to the dance, and she says that BLT is a great dancer, but that goes without saying. Oh, she's the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry, Arlo. Arlo, come on, defend her. Oh, she's just happily um- racist though. Yay. I mean, no, she's she's playing the part of the Racist. person <laughs> who doesn't realize that they are projecting Racist. microaggressions. <laughs> Keep going. Which a lot of people do. So she's mm-hmm. playing that part. Like she's she's playing that part so that she can get corrected. Mm-hmm. Which she does. Uh, Lucy and LD call her out for the comment, and then Alexa says that her parents would die. If they knew she was going with a black guy, the black guy that she was going with, by the way, who she wanted, like, she never invited him over for baklava, (laughs) at least on on screen. But you would think that she did. I I would imagine like this was never a thing that came up when she was actually pursuing him like three episodes ago. She wasn't concerned when she was stealing him from Michelle. Yeah. Well, it, it may have come up. We don't know. I mean, we go into this right now that she doesn't always do everything that her parents say. Because she is going with Simon, and they're not approving of that either because he's an idiot. Right. Oh, no, because he's <laughs> not Greek. <laughs> well, how can you not love Simon? He's just so precious. He's just a lovable little puppy. He's too pure for this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if you bring Simon home, <laughs> let's. I'll go this way. If you have a daughter and she brings Simon home to you, you talk to Simon for two minutes and you're like, this kid is not a problem. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> there's there's going to be no issues here. <laughs> they ain't hump until they get married, which is true. It's what happened. Uh, Michelle asks how um, Alexa can go out with somebody who her parents say she shouldn't go out with. And then they tease her. They All the girls tease Michelle for being a perfect daughter. Mm-hmm. And as they tease her, Alexa dumps potato chips on Michelle's head. What the fuck is that? Yeah, that was, uh, that was strange. Even I can admit it. I'm like, what? That, that, was, improv- that was an improv scene yeah. right there. And, yeah. because they and were- then she hugs her. <laughs> and then eats the chips off of her head. It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to waste chips. Uh, and those they were in Toronto, so those would have been Humpty Dumpty chips. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Joey is now posing for his photo with his skateboard, his only friend. And his Zit Remedy shirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uh, is asking the two guys if they're uh, young, way too young to be taking photos. Scooter says he's in grade eight, same as Joey. <laughs> Good <laughs> burn. On his face, too. Yeah. And Bart is like, I'm an old man from the future. <laughs> I mean, a child. <laughs> Hello, fellow children. <laughs> uh, at Michelle's house, her and BLT are putting a photo collage together. And then they just sit there looking awkwardly at just, each other. Just gazing at the collage and <laughs> gazing at each other. <laughs> I do like that they're like carefully assembling it and then they get to a point where they feel like it's done and they're like, it's done. And they, like put their hands up in the air like, don't touch it or you'll, you can only go downhill from here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, did you, if you were to do a collage and uh, I guess it wouldn't be with the two of them together because it would be so obvious. But I imagine that Michelle, if she was doing the collage with Alexa, like would be like, you need to put me close to where BLT is and you close to where Simon is. Like that was an important thing, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. BLT says that he has to leave. And uh, as he's leaving, Michelle's parents come home. And I am immediately like startled when her dad walks in and I'm like, what? <laughs> is that? dad later on it's a different actor yes but but in the moment is are you are ellen and bethany are you startled because this woman is married to her grandfather <laughs> dressed like the priest from the exorcist that's the only thing the hat i'm like what like michelle is a 14 year old yeah this- <laughs> sired by an 80 year old man yeah, uh-huh. like Shane's parents. <laughs> so yes, uh, the oldest man <laughs> in the least, world. At like who... Shane's mom was suitably old. As well. <laughs> That's true. That's a fair point. Yeah. So of course, this is not the same actor who will play the more famous version of Michelle's father in the uh, in the Degrassi High. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just going to assume that he passed away. I the original. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little morbid. No. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, so is Michelle I this another was a happy universe? <laughs> is Michelle another only child, or do we know? Do we remember if I she think, ever mentions siblings? I don't think she ever mentions another sibling. I think she's an only child. Yeah, it is interesting because I feel like this trend of being the only child continues into the next generation. Yes, where both of them are only children. They're just like, yeah, we don't want to pay more actors. It's right. Like, 
Well, and keep in mind, I, I think she is because when eventually it's her mom who leaves her dad and Michelle is with him, but then there's a conflict and she leaves and then he has no one to cook craft dinner for him. Right. So, yeah, I think she is the only one there. Uh, so Michelle introduces BLT to her parents. Michelle's mom shakes his hand, but her dad's like oh, carrying shit. groceries. <laughs> What's he going to do? I yeah. mean, he is carrying groceries. Mm-hmm. Makes no effort. He's like, can't can't touch you, kid. Uh, Michelle walks BLT out, and we get a shot of her parents exchanging looks with each other. <sighs> Here we go. I mean, truthfully, uh, okay, his, her mom seems fairly pleasant in this exchange. I was going to say, the mom seems a little less concerned mm. than dad does. Like, I don't know if it's one of these things where, like... I, I don't know. I mean, she, th- the conversation later on is not good. Um, but at this point, she seems a little more. Yeah, at this point, it doesn't seem super unusual, right? Like, I. No. I mean, we all know what happens because we right. watched the whole thing. But I, in this exchange, like, it, she didn't seem particularly standoffish to me. Right. Uh, until, until the great great grandfather goes, hey, you never mentioned it was Calabar. <laughs> and you're like, holy fuck. <laughs> Go to here, Michelle. Get out of the house. Go down to the pop shop. I'll give you four shillings. Just go down to the corner and do yeah. that. And, and the mother's like, oh, Michelle, it's okay. We don't think that way. He's like, no, we do. <laughs> and the Lord. I was really shocked that, because I, again, I don't know about in Canada, but in the States, I mean, it was not okay to use the term colored after like 19. 19- <laughs> definitely not it was not okay like i and this was 89 i was like what i just there were i mean so i want to clear the air here bethany because some sometimes people will say oh there's no racism in canada or at least not like the states and that's not true No, it's fucking racism. Yeah, yeah, that's not true at all. Um, Growing up, like all of the words that I've heard in this, including the most awful ones, I I heard them a lot when I was growing up. You know, it's it's not really like you knew it wasn't a word you should say, Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't like on the banned list until probably just the last 20 years. In the 80s? Like, it wasn't flying around like it was before. Like, I think we were progressively getting better over time. But it was still, like, a word, as as well as a lot of the other things. And again, it wasn't, you know, um, it, it was, I guess, at the point in the 80s where it was like, okay, you may not say that to someone's face. But, like, within the confines of your own family, you would say something like, I didn't know he was colored. Well, and Michelle didn't seem that upset by the use of that term either. I noticed. No, like not she, at that point, right? Like, right. She didn't really react. She said, "Oh, I just, I didn't think it mattered." Um, but yeah, that really threw me off, and I, and especially because, again, I grew up in rural Kentucky, where, I mean, the racism just—I would love to say that it doesn't live up to the stereotypes, but it absolutely mm. live up to the stereotypes. Sure. And so, language like that, you know, again, I guess it's not like. It's always been shocking to me just because of the way I was raised. But yeah, I had friends. I don't think I had friends who used the term colored, but I definitely had friends who would throw the N word around like it was no big deal. Um, And so this, this episode, like really, I feel like unfortunately is one of those episodes that still holds true today. Mm -hmm. Uh I feel like, unfortunately, 
unfortunately. I mean, especially yeah. with everything going on. When I saw that this was the episode that we were going to be reviewing, I was actually really excited because just with everything that's going on, you know, um, in the States with police brutality and everything is so divided right now. Like, I feel like this episode is still like very important. Mm-hmm. So Michelle tells her parents that he asked her to go to the dance and her dad says that she should have asked them before accepting. Her dad says she can't go. And Michelle's mom says she's too young to go on dates with boys. And then they confirm you can still go to the dance, but with your girlfriends. And I was just like, I mean, this doesn't solve the problem of racist parents. No, but it solves the problem of her being able to go to the dance. Yeah, it's just, just like, okay, well, I'll fucking go with him and we just won't tell you, right? But right. Mm-hmm. but we have established earlier on in this episode that Michelle's a goody two-shoes and does what her parents say, right? Yeah. Yes. Also, and I know you guys have talked about this before, about the parents in Degrassi, the Degrassi universe being the worst. We <laughs> uh, really are, like, when I watched, like, I recently, a couple years ago, rewatched 90210. And I had to stop because I realized I related more with the parents than with. <laughs> um, it was yes. As the parents, but not with Degrassi. They are just all terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't think. I mean, besides the like the colored comment or whatever, and you know, not bothering to put down the groceries to shake the kid's hand. Like, oh, keep going. I don't. Please defend him. No, I just. I, no, I just don't think that telling your. 14 year old daughter that she can't go on a date is that unusual right i think there are parents out there that are like you're too young you have to wait till you're 16 or whatever like i i really don't think that that's that unusual so to me like her parents problem at this point besides like besides her dad is like still kind of ambiguous (laughs) i like how you're like her parents problem besides her dad 50 percent of her parents (laughs) no i'm just like i i I, they could have hid their racism better, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like you... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, not wanting your 14-year-old daughter to go on a one-on-one date with a guy, I don't think that that's that unusual of a position. Right. And, and they- she's kind of like, but all my friends do. And, like, it's, like, yes. that's... I can still see a parent saying, well, I don't care what your friends do. That's right. not... And that's not it, for you. you know? it maybe it's because we can see the future and we know what's about to happen. Like, you know, it's, we know that this is just, you know, an ex, uh, this is, it's bullshit. She, that's not the reason they don't want yeah, her to it's, it's, it's an excuse. I mean, yeah, we like, don't know that yet. yeah. And like 11 year old me, when I watched this the first time, like I knew I was watching this scene and I was like, well, that's not why, like, we know right. why, right. We know why Gramps isn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the next day, the twins are now posing for a photo together with their stupid horoscope book. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking losers. Like, oh, that's the prop that I need in my uh, photo forever. Are you, say- are you saying you did not love this? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, Barty and Scooter did, I'm sure. Oh, they did. They're loving life. <laughs> oh, they're so happy. But don't, doesn't Heather, like, not, like, like she thinks horoscopes are a bunch of Hogwash, doesn't she? Yes. And she's not happy mm-hmm. to have the book in the photo either, but Erica's like... Yes. And I'm like, why don't you read the horoscope about what's going to happen to you in the summer, Erica? No. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Spike... <laughs> Spike says that she has an interview after school at Mr. Frank's, and she's very nervous. Liz says that she'll go with her, and Liz is jealous because her mom won't let her get a job. 
Um, lots of 14-year-olds getting jobs at uh, that was, Degrassi. That was my other question. Like, would someone really hire a 14-year-old? I guess in 89, but like 14-year-olds are getting hired for jobs pretty easily in the Degrassi universe. Yeah, it's so strange. Uh, the girls are in the library, in the school library, and they're talking about how depressing it is that Michelle can't go with BLT. So Lucy's strategy, uh, or her advice for Michelle, is that she should sulk. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa says, I always cry <laughs> to get something. Yeah, I just take Alexa. a page out of Arthur's book and sulk. <laughs> I, and leak everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Oh, oh, no, sorry. That's the previous that's, episode. That's the other thing. Alexa, Don't like, blubbering and, Alexa blubbering and crying is, like, my nightmare. Like, <laughs> I, that that would haunt me more than, like, Colby's voice. Sigh, <laughs> man. <laughs> You're like, what is it? That's, you can't be Wheels' grandma. What is this voice? What is this, uh, what is this craziness going on? Uh, uh. Alexa asks what Michelle is going to tell BLT. Michelle says that she doesn't know. Um, also in the library, Snake is doing his math homework and Wheels doesn't understand it and they start okay. to bicker. Oh, yes. Okay, so at the end of this exchange with the girls, I think uh. it's Lucy that says, what are they scared of anyway? Date rape? And oh. everyone laughs. I did not catch that. <laughs> what? And I'm like, okay, date rape is a real thing that parents could be concerned oh, about. Oh, yes, there was something and I... I I, I didn't catch that. that. I oh my god! I hate myself <laughs> so much I, right now. I was going to rewind, and I was like, "It, it sounded like daybreak." I was like, "Oh no, it can't be that." It was just like uh, going for a popsicle or something or whatever the hell. <laughs> and I didn't do that. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Gross. What are they scared of anyway? Date rape. Everyone laughs. Yeah. I was <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, doomed universe. Yeah, it wasn't just the comment; it's that they laughed for a long time. <laughs> I have to. I have to change my intro clip for this show. Like, <laughs> oh my god! All right. Right? Oh, you saved this up episode, Arlo. <laughs> All right. Everything's in fucking no-no square. All of it. Everyone. Your house. Your car. Everything. No-no square. Your body. Top top to toes. No-no square. That after you mentioned that in that episode, this is one of the nights I couldn't sleep. I actually looked that up, and that song was stuck in my head for like four days. Oh, it's still stuck in my head. It's still stuck in my head. Yeah. This is what happens when I don't sleep. Uh, or is it is it because of that why you don't sleep? That's possible. Uh, I mean, some things. So <laughs> Snake and Wheels are bickering over homework on the lighter side of the conversations in the library. Uh, BLT looks on. Study period ends, and BLT asks Michelle uh, what kind of dress she's going to be wearing because he's going to buy her a corsage, and he's so. Excited, and I feel so oh, bad. Man. Sweetest person this is, ever. Yes, oh. very sweet. Like, and it's just the, they play it so well. For somebody, one person really truly believing a thing is going to happen, and the audience knowing that thing is destined to fail, it's not going to happen. Played out really well. So she's she's chilly, and he notices this. And so Michelle then says. Her parents said that she can't go to the dance with him, and BLT says he knew that they didn't like him, and she says it's because she's too young and he disagrees. Uh, then he asks if it's because he's black, and she says no, like, right away. 
she's like, no, absolutely not. They're not like that. And uh, that's kind they of the, really like that. They are so like that. Uh, uh, evidently, after she says no so quickly, she starts thinking about it behind the scenes because she very readily will ask them about it. <laughs> she, she, she might as well have said, that doesn't represent who my parents are, which is always the classic go-to line when somebody says something super racist. Yes. It's like, well, it's not – it doesn't represent who I am. Well, you fucking said it. Now own it or shut up. She's like, well – Or both. My grandpa, grew, my grandpa grew up in the 20s, so it's uh, – <laughs> So he's, you know, and he lives with my mom and they're married, so. And and he knew Bart, and Bart's fine. And Bart was like 25 <laughs> years old at the time, but oh he's followed us through generations. He has this weird thing. He's a time traveler, slash he doesn't age. Anyways, he's at school and fucking they're taking pictures down the foyer. So anyways, get a shot of your mug, why don't you? Get... <laughs> Ted, I need you to write a fan fiction about Bartholomew Bond, the time traveler. <laughs> oh, I'm threading it throughout. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Garcia's class writing the test, and BLT and Michelle are both clearly uh, distracted. Uh, then we have to have Arthur and Yick posing with their fucking disobedient <laughs> robot. <laughs> and we finally get it. we finally get like Arthur and Yick and Bart and Scooter all in the same place at once. And I feel like the world is just going to explode. Uh, Michelle is at her locker and Lucy LD and Alexa ask her if she wants to go look at dresses for the dance. And she says, no, thanks. And then she asks her friends um, if she, if they think her parents said no, because BLT is black. And they're like, we fucking weren't there. Like you tell us. Uh, (laughs) You, li- you literally live with your parents. You yeah. tell me. You were there for the conversation. Yeah. Yes. Um, this, scene, this scene was one of the ones that was cut out on the Canadian version. Yeah. Oh, no. I didn't get this scene. Uh, so as they walk away from uh, Michelle, Alexa asks Lucy if she's been discriminated against. And she says yes, yes because especially because she's half black and half white. Uh, Spike mm. and Liz show up to Frank's for the job interview. Uh, mm-hmm. Spike telling us in the audience that she is on time. <laughs> we have to know <laughs> it's very important <laughs> that in yep. this conversation, she's like, and I'm on time too. Uh, mm-hmm. So she goes in and there is a guy named Don who is having a conversation uh-huh. with a customer. Don- Don Franks. Don Stud. Frank. <laughs> and apparently the name of this restaurant is Frank's Delicious Varieties. <laughs> Superstar. He's like, you yeah. can have varieties. You can have a burger with cheese, burger with pickles, <laughs> burger with ketchup, all sorts awesome. of varieties. Well, comedy, Don, comedy Don show Franks coming up. is uh, actually has a pretty extensive acting resume. Um, he's played by a man named Renato Rizzuti. Which is great. Of course he is. Um, and he's <laughs> been this. acting all the way up to his most recent credit is 2019 when he was in the Umbrella Academy, which Ooh. is still a pretty oh, hot I, TV show. So yeah. Have you ever seen that yet? I need to watch it. I need to watch it tomorrow. My husband's like obsessed with it. My, yes. my fiance is too. That's sweet. On my list to watch. He's watched it all. Oh, well, good for I, this actor then. Yeah. <laughs> I need to yeah, watch it. I believe he played Man on Bus. Uh, so him and the customer are gabbing about the toronto blue jays and this is great customer service so spike walks in he doesn't know that she's there for the interview yet he doesn't even know who she is 
And she comes up to the till and he looks at her and it's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how you greet your customers? Like, Jesus. Uh, Better Business Bureau. uh, Ten stars right there. (laughs) Beautiful. So she says that she's there for the interview. And then, yes, Don goes into his comedy routine. It's like, what's up with kids and their hair these days, huh? You clean the whole floor with that hair, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So spectacular. He's like, what what does your mom have to say about that hair? She's like, "Uh, nothing? Yeah, I bet. Uh, And he's like, I won't have to get any cleaning supplies. She's got scrub brushes in her hair. Oh. (laughs) And the guy crushing the dirt at the counter is like, I love this. Don is the funniest man I ever listened to in my whole life. <laughs> and he loves it. He like nudges his pal. He's like, he's like, get a load of this one. Hey, you make that uh, hair by sticking your finger in the light socket? Oh! So original. So original. Uh, oh, he's, and, and this guy loving it. He's like, oh, so good. And you know who is just like rolling in the aisles laughing? R-O-T-F-L-ing to this uh this joke is john bertram sitting in the director's chair it's like ah! s county oh zing get her again yeah. <laughs> uh so uh he then tells spike that she is late but as we established as spike was walking up to the restaurant with liz she is not late uh, her interview is supposed to be at 4 p.m. and he says no it's supposed to be 345 and she's like no way and i think like, you know, kids can get shit wrong, but there's a, you know, it's, I know it's only a 15 minute difference, but you would remember 345. Like that's a much more memorable time yes, than four. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he's like, oh, you're not going to be good for this job because you're late anyways. And so she walks away and Don looks at his friend and is like, punks, huh? <laughs> also, my comedy routine. Huh? Like, <laughs> did you actually like that? It was good, right? But also, good. as Spike walks away, she says, how do you get through life? For some reason, that just cracked me up. <laughs> uh, I, I will say about this, that while these guys are total dicks, and they, like, the way they went about it was not cool, like, I feel like this is maybe, like, a good life lesson for Spike. Like, it's not fair. It's absolutely not fair. But as you get older, it would be very difficult to get a professional job if you are dressed out of the norm, unfortunately. Yes. Unless, yeah. you're, unless you're in Austin, where we all have tattoos and piercings, and it's fine. <laughs> I, I'd also uh, say, like, okay, so Spike may not change your hair up, but I would agree, like, you know, if, you, if someone is going to give you advice about a job interview, mm-hmm. like, they will say, like, you know, you can be yourself, but like, like I would not go to a job interview um, dressed like I normally dress. You know, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> not that I dress poorly. With my schlong. I went to a I went to a, <laughs> a sporting goods store today, and I passed on purchasing Toronto Blue Jays sweatpants. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. That's good. Good man. Uh, We're proud of you. So. She leaves and tells Liz that she didn't get the job because of her hair. And then Liz, who is a punk and (laughs) such a punk rocker, is like, let's come back later and throw a rock through his window. I love that so much. (laughs) I remember that line. Like, that was a line that I remembered when I was a kid. 
It was like, wow, that's really aggressive. Like, <laughs> ugh, fuck, shit. Yeah, the Liz doesn't no give a fuck. She lives. She lives the punk life. Yeah. Uh huh. So Michelle comes home and her mom is there. Her dad is obviously having his nap, and she uh, asks. Her mom asks how school was, and she's about to go out to show a house. And uh, Michelle asks her mom um, if it's because that BLT is black that she can't go out with him. And then we get like the classic speech. Holy shit! Who who wants to take this one? Bethany, do you want to take this one? I have some uh, some excerpts from it. Um, so basically, she said they don't care or we don't care that he's black, but not everyone is like us. Which I wrote BS. Um, <laughs> uh, think of it, she had a think of the children moment, which Michelle's response was, "We're 14. Um, that's not <laughs> and something. also Mod Flanders. Think of the <laughs> children. <laughs> it's like okay. Exactly. Um, This is my favorite. People from different cultures have different values. And then Michelle is quick to point out he was born and raised here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like this speech is something I have heard so many times, not from my own parents, thank goodness. um, But from, again, being raised in Western Kentucky, even in like the, you know, early to late nineties when I was in high school, like, interracial dating was a like huge deal and there were a lot of parents that would have literally disowned their children if they knew like most of my friends who dated black guys they couldn't tell their parents because their parents would disown them um Mm -hmm. and so i just heard this speech so many times and it pisses me off so much and you know you still hear it like with everything that's that's going on right now um you still hear things like this and it's just it's it's so maddening and it's the idea like uh, we're the good ones we just don't want you to to exist in this world because it'll be hard for you but we agree but and yes also like when somebody tells you that they don't care about somebody's color and then they list colors that people aren't that that old that old trope (laughs) yeah we don't care if you're black or green or purple like there are no green purple people what were we talking about were we talking about seinfeld episodes it's like (laughs) no you're off topic this is not a thing it's gross (laughs) like get back to the topic there's so many colors, like listing all these colors, and yeah, as soon as you hear that, you're like racist. Like, yeah, the, the, anytime you hear somebody say they're colorblind, they're about to make an extremely racist statement. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and that's the thing. And like with that, it's like people, if you if you don't recognize, you live in a world of colors that it has been the history has been based on colors, like then you're being willfully ignorant. So yeah. you might as well say, I don't see ignorance. I'm ignorant, but I don't see that. So anyways, let's just sit down and just talk or not talk. Just actually, let's not talk. And it's like this, this scene I found pretty good because it swayed. It was weaving the yellow line. It was going back and forth. Going, well, it's not us. It's other people. Mm-hmm. But then the mother would say, well, it is us, and we have bought. No, no, hold on, hold on. Let it's other people, and it's just drunk driver weaving all over the racism highway. Well, you kinda, <laughs> I kind of have to give a little kudos to Degrassi on the crafting of this episode. Absolutely, um, 
just like because we get the the beginning like the opener and it's just like this overt racism like what you think of as yes. racism it's yes, calling yes, yes. someone a name because of yeah. the color it's racist term that kind of thing like just that super overt aggressive racism but then we also see those microaggressions from alexis which are yes. like all bundled and packaged up in good intentions and then we also see you know these so this sort of weaving reasoning sort of racism as it can sort of bleed into um our lives and i i kind of have to give uh, credit to degrassi for that and that they're sort of showing that racism doesn't always look the way that you think yes. it's gonna look yeah and, and that's what i'm saying like it was it was kind of beauty how they did it because it's weaving in and out it's not like don't be racist hey everybody <laughs> let's all hug <laughs> let like that was good they didn't do it because it was it was blurring the whole lines of it going, well, Alexa. Alexa is, you know, a C word, I suppose. <laughs> but, but Alexa kind of actually innocently said it. Like, I wouldn't say, like, Alexa is an aggressive racist. No, definitely not. But she's uneducated. She's on, she's on, not empathetic. She's empathetic, but she doesn't recognize to live outside of her culture, which is like she feels to to accept like Canadian culture, strange enough, because she's coming from Greek culture, her parents from the old country. It's like that's enough of a stretch for her. But she finds that she she can't go. It's not that she can't. It's not that she, she just refuses. she doesn't she doesn't recognize that her yes. ignorance is her right exactly to someone exactly. else. And so you know you know once it's pointed out to her, it's per like perfectly reasonable that she might make changes or whatnot. But yeah, there's I, and I think she's not the only person who's like that. You know, like there's uh, in you know all all kinds of um, you know situations uh, where we're dealing with different people's experiences and whatnot like uh, you know you might have the best intentions and you may not realize that you're being ignorant and that that is hurtful to someone else yes and and to be fair i think that we have all any white person or non-minority has probably been a perpetrator of those types of mic microaggressions without realizing it like i think that to you know, I had a situation with one of my friends from high school that I thought back to a statement that I made that was incredibly racist that I didn't realize it was until many years later. And we, we talked about it. I sent her a message on Facebook and she's like, the sad thing is, I don't even remember you saying that because I've had so many well-intentioned people say that to me, but I appreciate <laughs> that you've grown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, and I don't know if that's again, just being raised in the South and that being, even though, again, my parents were not racist at all, but you still have so much of that in, there's so much systematic racism that's ingrained into you that, you know, there are these things that even if you're not saying them out loud, it may be things that you're thinking that are inherently racist. I've, and it, I've absolutely done it. Like, yeah. I, like, and, and I'll, I'll say like, even going forward, like, I'm sure that I will fuck up again. Like, oh. I don't mean to. I, and I, I like, obviously, it's it's absolutely not right. But I will agree, like, you know, I'm speaking from a position of privilege. And um, sometimes the thought doesn't come through my head. Like, I, I remember at work, uh, maybe like five years ago, I used the term like getting gypped and was told... 
um, you know, told about how it's you shouldn't be saying it. And I was like, OK, like, so, you know, I just sometimes you don't think. And and that the important thing is where you go from that. So with Alexa, if she took what let with what Lucy said and was like, OK, I'm not going to say that anymore then, you know, she's grown and you really can't falter for it. The problem is, and, and again, I've been a perpetrator of this myself in this situation I was talking about, when somebody maybe points something out, especially if you feel like you're a very tolerant, woke person, and if somebody points out that there's something that you are doing that may be racist, there's just this, like, tendency to want to defend yourself and say, no, that's not what I meant, and double down on it, instead of just being like, you know what, I fucked up, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. I mean, it's never my, like, yeah, it's never my intention to, but, the, but, right. but if you do it, you do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and two people are experiencing your behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know, there's me talking down to our listeners. Listen, everyone. <laughs> I'm the one that makes all the, like, the fart jokes on the podcast, but let's get serious for a moment. <laughs> uh, so. Well, I, I mean, really, like, I, it's, I, I think it's important to talk about this stuff and it's hard to talk about it. And I totally agree with you, Bethany, that it's hard when you feel like you've had the best intentions and you know that you're a nice person and a good person and you know that you're not racist and all that stuff. It's really hard to not want to um, come back in a defensive way. Um, And I think it's really good that people are starting to recognize that and start approaching things from a position where they're really more willing to learn. And I think like, and too, this is making the tangly ball of yarn more tangly, but I will give credit where credit is due for the quote, but Louis CK, that's another thing. Oh my God. Really? Okay. 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 Take it away. But I can't claim I made it up, but he was like, uh, you know, if somebody says, you hurt me, you can't, or you offended me, or I was racist, or you, you put me off. Who are you to say that you did, like, the person who receives it cannot be the person who says, oh, well, that's fine. Like, if you didn't actually, you weren't, weren't on the receiving end. Anyways, edit this out. It wasn't Louis C.K., it was Ted Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, he was a bad bitty, but uh, but re- but really, like it was, it, it's like you can't say, well, that's not offensive. It's like no, if someone, if you throw something and it hurts somebody, you have to say, okay, I have some empathy for that because I can understand. If you say no, that didn't hurt you, you have no business saying that 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 didn't hurt you. If it hurts you, it fucking hurts you, and that's it. Like whether racist or sexist or. Whatever, like I, I can't claim to feel what it is to be anybody else. I've been myself for well, <laughs> literally as long as I can remember. <laughs> I've been, my, I've never been anybody else. I don't think you're not in Bart. My, you weren't a fifty-year-old man going back in time. <laughs> You've only been, been one person. Yeah. <laughs> or, you, or my dream last <laughs> night, where I thought uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden were trying to sell uh pens like the better pen like a like a ballpoint pen but they were trying to catch me in a trap anyways it was, <laughs> that was that was literally i woke up at about five o'clock this morning said kamala harris and joe biden uh 
try to trap me in a trap. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you can edit this out. That's, if enough, you that's want. another podcast. Holy shit! You probably should. Dan's uh, crazy dreams. Well, let's let's go to something more happy because Bart and Scooter are done taking their photos and they celebrate well, by taking a photo of themselves with their comics. And it's they're like, "That's it. We got the last photo. Yay!" Yes. And that's like literally it. Like, there's no. This was not a setup to a joke or to some sort of folly. They didn't expose the film. They didn't fuck up in any way. They just took a bunch of photos throughout the episode, and now they're happy. <laughs> It was, kind of, it was kind of refreshing, honestly. Yeah, I really, loved it. It really was. It really was. Slightly anticlimactic, but it was a nice little ray of sunshine. In the- <laughs> it was just nice to not get the wah-wah moment <laughs> at the end for once. Um, did anybody happen to notice what the... Did anybody was any, able to read the what their comic was called? <laughs> Gruesome Gargoyles! Whoa, whoa. Was it Gargoyles? Okay, good. Yes. I, could, I could read Gruesome, but I couldn't read the second word, and I was like, is it Ghouls? What is it? Okay, Gargoyles. Sounds I, fun. I love the gen- like these actors, the genuine, well, Bart's not an actor, he's a, he's a time-traveling old, old man, but, uh, but that, like, their smiles on their faces was legit like that was a legit. That's not an acting smile. That's a legit smile that they were doing, so, and they were loving it. Oh, so genuine. Uh, Michelle sees BLT and says hi. Uh, she tells them that he was right about her parents. So she sees right through her mom's bullshit, which is nice. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah, and she says, "My mom thinks that people are better off with their own kind, but they're but they're wrong." And he's still unhappy, and he's about to leave. And she stops him and says she doesn't care what they say. And she asks him to the dance. And he smiles and then gives the biggest, like, style and pose. <laughs> Leans his arm up against the, the door, yes. like, and is just like, yeah. And <laughs> it's adorable. And I loved it. It's so great. Cool. It's so fantastic. And they will like, go on I, to have yes. an, an easy relationship with no problems. So <laughs> Excellent. Shane comes out. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm okay now." <laughs> <laughs> Just like Johnson Madison, for thirty minutes, I jumped off a bridge. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, hit the music. And you're like, Shane, you're doing that by your tongue. You're you're singing that. Also, you're still in a coma. I'm sorry, Shane. <laughs> Um, before we get into our comments on the episode, some more commentary from the Degrassi wiki. Uh, again, lots of debate over the use of that word uh, at the start of the show. Uh, but the comment by Mermaid Freak is, I gasped when that guy called BLTA, then she uses the word, and then she just says, <laughs> rude. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Like, oh, anyway. Yeah. I'll uh, say it. Uh, not the word but <laughs> yeah then then i just got a burger uh had a completely different take she was much more affected by spike's story in this episode and she says well how's she supposed to wear a hairnet with hair like that also it might have poked into don's or other people's faces when she's moving around also he might have just thought she was in a gang and didn't want her around from some bad experience he may have already had so take in don's side and i'm like thank you Don Franks, all right. Yeah, well, you know, Don Frank has a background as well, and uh, that could have been, maybe Johnny B was like setting him up for a comedy (laughs) spinoff. He was like, Donnie Franks Burgers, it's going to be a new hit on CBC. (laughs) 
<laughs> What's with all these Degrassi kids? Where do they get all that money from? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, we were setting them up for some. So maybe we'll get that story in this in the spinoff. I don't know. But anyways, actually, the show would be called Don Franks Franks. Right? Because he's got a hot Bartholomew Bond. He's old as fuck. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah. What's with Michelle's parents? Mum fucking grandpa? I don't get it. Oh. <laughs> Mike Nelson, we can all agree he's the man of a right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, final thoughts on the episode. And, and, and Bethany, we're going to let you go first. Oh, okay. Um, I, like I said, I was super excited when you told me this was the one that we would be reviewing because this is, again, one that really stood out to me from my childhood, especially because I was raised in an area where, you know, that ideas like this were just, it was just all over the place. Um, and I think that with everything going on today, um, it, it's still very pertinent. Uh, they did a really good job because something like this, I feel like that they've tried to tackle racism like throughout Next Gen and um, Next Class. And honestly, this is probably the best episode to tackle this subject. Like it was just so sincere. The acting between Michelle and BLT was actually really good. I thought, I mean, sometimes, yeah. you know, the acting is not the best, but they they did a lot of great face acting and i mean you could just like feel you know the love between them and feel the anger and the sadness and i just think overall it's it's a really good episode this is one of my favorite episodes but nobody wants to be termed as racist but it's not but racism like the, the title is whatever like that's not a thing not anything anybody would claim but just because nobody would claim it doesn't mean it doesn't totally exist. It's in policy. It's in thought. It's in little microaggressions. It's like, and the people, when you fee when somebody gets like totally pushing back from it, you go, why are you pushing back from it? Like, say, if I came home as a teenager going, have you been drinking? What? I'm drinking. What, what? What are you talking about? You go. Ah, he's been drinking. <laughs> you know. I like. I don't know if it's maybe where like the the area of Canada that I grew up. Winnipeg, um, Winnipeg, Winnipeg. The, well, the yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say I'm gonna say the prairies because I feel like it's kind of the same in Saskatchewan. And oh, I don't oh, know Winnipegers if just, are gonna be mad at that, but yes, they are the same. Keep going. <laughs> well, just sort of in terms of population and and shifting populations. Um, <laughs> like I think the majority of the racism, the overt racism that I've seen, um, has been towards First Nations people. Uh -huh. um, I haven't seen a ton of racism towards um, African Canadian or um, or whatnot, and I think it's just because like there was literally like three black kids at my school. Like there's just mm. not any discernible population whatsoever. So like this particular episode, like it always seemed kind of foreign to me. I guess just like that that kind of racism towards a black person um and i so i've always sort of uh, like i remember this episode and as, as a kid like i it didn't seem super close to things that i saw or 
you know, in my life, in our population. So I think that's kind of interesting. And I know things are different in Toronto. There's a totally different population there. I, and I don't know if that was your experience too, Alan, growing I, up in Winnipeg. Well, I think it's one more, there's one more factor to that, right? Like I, I would say the same thing as you, which is that I didn't really see a lot of racism, but well, I'm not what, a black my, person but either, my, so my experience is I'm a white guy, yeah. you know, growing up in suburban Winnipeg. So it's like, yeah, of course I didn't experience racism. Uh, well, I'm just, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't experience that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, I have seen with my own eyes people being overtly racist towards First Nations people. But that that wasn't really my experience towards African-Canadian people growing up. Yeah, I, I, um, I think, yeah, I'd say in Winnipeg it's because there's not that kind of diversity there. But I do yeah, know... Yeah, there, there really isn't. Yeah, but, but there is diversity with the Filipino community in Winnipeg. That's true. Uh, and I have uh, a friend of mine who's in the in that community. And uh, when I my very first podcast that I ever did, way way back when, he was my first guest, and we talked about his experience growing up with racism. Um, really? Yes, and it was uh, it was a fascinating conversation, including him uh, apparently when he was pitching at a ball game. Uh, people were like saying like shit to him as a child and his mm-hmm. dad yelled at them, you fucking assholes. He was born right over there and pointed at St. Boniface hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, except that he said it in uh, his dad's Filipino accent, which I will not mimic. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, um, but I, ju- I think that if you, if we were, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we don't have, I think anybody, um, in a visible minority doing the show with us right now. But I would imagine that if you just ask them, even people in Winnipeg or anything, they'd be like, yeah, all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess the thing is, is I, like we in Canada tend to be like, we tend to look at the States and yeah. act all superior or something Absolutely. like that. Or sometimes, you know, and uh, you know, racism is Sorry, a really, no. a really real thing here. <laughs> Listen, yes. It's a good reason. It, it's absolutely a good reason. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's totally true. Like I feel myself leaning as my dog leans against me when I'm driving and she starts and then she's leaning and then all of her weight is against me. <laughs> leaning and i go well america it's like okay ted shut up <laughs> it's easy it's easy fodder like to talk about the states but canada has a a a, a big a wealth of racist it, problems of our yes own. and they have <laughs> more than enough to deal with about geez like anything like we had like even in newfoundland even Newfoundland, who would imagine? But we had an indigenous population called the Beothics who were slaughtered, killed, like complete 100% genocide and were killed. And we're like, but we have a picture of, we have a statue of John Cabot, not in one place, um, who didn't probably land there. And also, and that wasn't even his name. And he landed in Bonavista and you go like, that's like me going to anybody's house and going, hey, everybody, my name's Ted. Put up a statue. I own this house now. And like, <laughs> I lived this house for 25 years. No, no, I do now. <laughs> Move aside. <laughs> Give me the remote control. It's like, oh, so gross. There's, well, and there's, I, I, I don't yeah. like when my husband, uh, you know, came over here and started learning more about Canada. Like, he really had no idea whatsoever 
about sort of the systematic racism and yeah. systematic poverty and stuff that the First Nations people sure. um, are like the challenges that they deal with in this country. Um, like he just had absolutely no clue about it whatsoever. And like, just like the history and residential schools and all of that stuff. Sure. And I think that most of the world doesn't know that part about Canada. And I mean, there's a lot that I've learned about American history in the past, like six months. I mean, obviously there's some pretty strong examples of racism in our, in American history that everybody knows about. Um, but you know, one of my friends had posted something about how the American idea of police started that they're basically there to capture runaway slaves. So mm -hmm. the whole sure. systematic idea of police in the United States started from racism. Um, yes. You know, there was a, somebody posted something the other day about um, something that happened during World War II in England, where I guess um, wherever they were at the time, obviously the United States was still segregated, but it wasn't in the UK. And so the black soldiers were allowed to go into the bar, the same bar as the white soldiers were, and the white soldiers weren't happy about that. So they sent the military police and there's actually a battle between the white shoulder, the white soldiers and the black soldiers. And that's something I've never, ever, ever heard. That's something that's not mm. in schools. And these are the things that we need to know about because as, bad as it seems it our history is so much worse than i ever knew i i don't That's think that it's necessarily like uh, because people will get up in arms and be like why do you have to shame us about every single event in our history mm. and it's like okay but we have to tell you this until you acknowledge that history isn't what you think it is yeah, yeah and it and if you push against it it's like oh there's something there like there's it's a touch point all right, next week we're partying. Kind of a heavy, heavy episode, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But next week we're going to be partying, so. Party! <laughs> Party! We got a heavy clutch episode, and, and I mean, Courtney loves clutch, but I mean, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> this, is his, this is not clutch at his best. No. Hold on. I, actually, I have something that, that Courtney won't want to say here. I think she's on the phone here. Uh huh. Hush, <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, well, that's... I don't. I don't think Courtney will mind that Clutch is a shithead. She just wants to die. <laughs> she loves Clutch. She yeah. really does. So uh, Bethany Brazel, thank you very much for joining us. And yeah, thanks uh, so much, Bethany. Having me. Thank you, Bethany. So and thank you for all the support, uh, writing us and and all the commentary and the discussions that we've had online and on. Uh, um, Twitter at Narbos Podcast and Instagram at Narbos and Broomheads Podcast and emailing us Narbos and Broomheads at gmail.com. And uh, yes, really, really appreciate it. And uh, it's always nice to know that there's someone out there listening to us, idiots. So <laughs> we are your best friends. <laughs> I, I, seriously, this, like I said, this has been like a bright spot in the shitstorm that is the pandemic so thank you guys for doing this where do we uh find you if you want people to if you do want people you don't have to um, so <laughs> if you would like to see me post about my dog or about how much i hate trump um you can follow me on twitter at bethyb1981 
or on Instagram at uh, Brazzle Bethany B R A Z Z E L L B E T H A N Y. I also, on occasion, um, my fiance does a live stream called um, Ben's Brick Builders. He is a uh, in his free time he designs uh, Lego stuff and Ooh. oh nice. So uh, yeah, he streams every. Well, most uh, Thursdays at 8 o'clock and Sundays at 10 o'clock. And occasionally I will be on there with him and I will make him watch a Degrassi episode and he will review it while I build a Lego set, which is hilarious because I apparently do not follow directions well. (laughs) (laughs) I've been on with him in a long time, but uh, uh, I think we're going to start. He agreed to actually watch this episode because I told him he wants to listen to this episode. Um, to the, the podcast episodes. So I told him he has to watch this first. So I think he's also going to review the episode on Thursday. So awesome. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I am at slip with five eyes and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me Arlo at A R L O E S C O T T on Instagram as well. And you can find me at Sewa3 on the Instagram. All right, folks, we're going to see you in a week when we are going to party. Party, baby. Bye. 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 Maybe I would. I would walk around the goddamn. Just 